I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. This is 24, a weekly highlight reel from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, featuring all things election coverage. Let's get started. Here are Clay and Buck. Nikki Haley loses, but not that badly, right? I mean, the the management of expectations here is interesting. Let's break this down, give you a sense of what some of the data tells us, because we want to take a forward look now. Here's where we are. Donald Trump is barring, you know, force majeure, catastrophe, something that is unforeseeable at this moment. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. Um, That leaves open a very small window for something else, but it is a very, very small window. I mean, I, I think it's it's likelier that China will invade Taiwan in the next year than it is that Donald Trump will not be the nominee for the Republican Party. That's how far I would go. So. Here's what we know. Nikki Haley, Clay, she uh, she loses to Donald Trump 11 points in the New Hampshire uh, primary. So Donald Trump, Nikki Haley head to head. We'll also get into some of the Democrat stuff as well. Dean Phillips, people are he's making more noise than a lot of folks thought he would, at least right now, uh, which is perhaps uh, something we should have expected. But here we go. This is uh, first up Nikki Haley last night. Let's give her her. Her say, this is cut two, and she says the race is far from over. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. 
All right, you, you want to jump in now? or Because yeah, well, Trump, yeah. Trump trashed what she said, but we'll get to that. Let's start with what she says, your reaction. It's over. And I, so Nikki Haley deserves credit for coming in second place. There is no pathway to her becoming the nominee. And let me just say this. If you disagree, 800-282-2882. Tell me and or tell Buck, because I think you agree with me, as you just said at the open, Trump is going to be the nominee. And I'm not talking about, oh, Trump has a major health condition or the Supreme Court out of nowhere suddenly says, oh, guess what? Trump can be kept off the ballots, right? I'm not talking about a highly implausible but very impactful scenario. We could also get hit by an asteroid and the election could not happen in 2024, right? There are all sorts of low probability, high impact events that are out there, but something that Nikki Haley can control herself, beating Donald Trump, she does not have that in her arsenal. And in South Carolina in particular, it is going to be a massacre. Donald Trump is going to smoke Nikki Haley in South Carolina. I'm in Tennessee, Buck. Tennessee votes on March the 5th. Trump is going to beat Nikki Haley in my home state of Tennessee by 40 points. I don't see a state where Nikki Haley is going to beat Donald Trump. And if all that is true, which I think it is, and your goal is to beat Joe Biden, which I take Nikki Haley at her word it is, I don't understand her pathway here. And Buck, this is the same argument we made on Wednesday as it pertained to Ron DeSantis. After Ron DeSantis lost in the state, he campaigned in hardest by 30 points. We said there is no pathway for Ron DeSantis to be the nominee. Nikki Haley's state was New Hampshire. She put all of her eggs in the New Hampshire basket. To her credit, she came within 11, but that was with very lenient abilities of people to vote in the New Hampshire primary. Republicans are rejecting her in all these states where Republicans are going to be more prominent. She's going to lose by more. There is no pathway to Nikki Haley becoming the nominee. Okay, so now we look at what is the calculation that she's making uh, and and will it extend to her taking this not just to first step South Carolina, her home state, and then beyond to stay in as long as she can uh, on the we can do a little pro and con here, right? On the pro side of things uh, for Nick, from Nikki Haley's perspective, there's not like a governorship she has to get back to. You know, Ron DeSantis is like, yeah. all right, I'm out. I'm going to go back to being a governor of a 21 million person state. You know, I got things to do. Uh, Nikki Haley, I, I mean, she was on the boards of companies and giving speeches, right? She was basically yes. getting ready to run for the presidency for the last few years. So that means that as long as she's in the public eye, you can make a case that it is brand enhancing for her, setting up the future for her. However, the con side of this, I think, one, going into your home state and getting just shellacked is a bad idea um, because it just looks like really you're you're gonna you're gonna lose in, in the state where you were the governor and two um, I think that people are going to start to feel like she's draining resources from the general election fight on a vanity project and the GOP base which is solidly behind Trump will not forgive or forget that look I agree with everything you just said 
I also think Nikki Haley deserves credit. And this is what we have said since all of these debates started. And I know this makes people upset. I actually think Nikki Haley would not be a bad bad vice presidential pick for Donald Trump. I understand people out there get upset and probably the emails are rolling in right it's now. At my Clay mention. Travis on Twitter. That was Clay who was saying that. Clay and, Travis. And my, my mentions are going to get deluged. Here's the deal. All I care about is winning, right? I'm not a I'm not a purity guy. I'm not sitting around arguing. Like all I care about is winning. And Nikki Haley does do well with suburban women who are independent swing voters and the people that are persuadable. And I'm not sure, Buck, at this point in time, that you can point me to anyone that Trump would pick that would help him win the general election as a vice presidential candidate more than Nikki Haley, right? Let's consider. I like Elise Stefanik. I love the way she stood up to Harvard and MIT and Penn. I think she's pretty smart. I think she's a talented politician. I don't think she brings you anything new. I like Tim Scott. Uh, If you wanted to argue to me, oh, that he is going to help with the black vote, maybe I squint black men and can see that a little bit. But I don't think he really changes the dynamic very much. Trump is probably on path right now to overperform for a GOP candidate among young black men already. So I'm not sure that it moves the needle anymore. And and by the way, I don't know that Tim Scott really does a good job against Kamala Harris, where I I think Elise Stefanik could let him let her have it. I think he can do well there. Yeah, yeah. This is this. But see, now we're talking about VP. We got to factor in, well, what did Trump say in response to, I, we played Haley's soundbite. She's like, a big congratulations to Donald Trump, but this is not over. Trump is like, well, you know what? Let's just hear it from Trump. This is cut four. Play it. She was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And you, uh, you have the very, the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. He's like uh, hopscotch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy. And two weeks ago, he said, we're going to win. We're going to win in the land side. We're going to win. About three days ago, he started saying, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. So I'll say this. Right now, Nikki Haley is being treated by Trump and and MAGA as the enemy in this election, so to speak. Right? I mean, she is she's the them. She's not the she's not yeah. with us. She could turn that around very quickly, I think, through a negotiation and yes. a discussion about Nikki Haley. Look, you 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 want a prediction? I I think Clay. I I don't disagree with his assessment that she may be helpful in some ways to the ticket, although there are some numbers. Well, actually, she might be helpful with those numbers. There are some troubling GOP numbers, though, from New Hampshire. Not troubling, like, oh, my gosh, but, you know, a little bit of a wrinkle in things for Trump. We can we'll dive into that in a few minutes. But you look at Nikki Haley, Clay, and this is somebody who I think would would help with suburban voters. However, Nikki Haley, as secretary of state, she'd be perfectly happy doing that job. Maybe Rick Grinnell is happy being CIA director. And that's you, you start to see how. Now is the time, because if I'm Nikki Haley, I sit down with with Donald Trump and say, look, you know, let's do this and I'll save you tens of millions of spend, which he may not have to spend, to be clear. Maybe he says, I don't I don't need you. I don't need that. But 
that would be the smartest play from my perspective for her because going and getting blown out in South Carolina, I don't think she'll be VP Clay, but I do think there's a cabinet position if she steps th- if she steps down sooner than later. Yeah, Secretary of State would be good. And let me say this. I know a lot of the Trump people listen. I would suggest, first of all, Trump's right. They need to pivot to the general. And we're going to have a 250-day, whatever it is, general election between Trump and Biden, although I still think Biden's going to uh, end up getting stepped down, forced out. But a lot. what's one of the criticisms you hear of Trump? That he didn't make great selections? <laughs> there I mean, are a few <laughs> that I've heard. One of the key criticisms you will hear from people who are trying to be fair, right? Not just he's Hitler, not just he's evil, is that he didn't hire the best people as a part of his first cabinet. Right? He admits that. that. He, he, yes. he has said that. Just so anyone who says, no, he, did, you know, he didn't hire the best people. In some cases, he hired good people. I think he's got some good advisors. Uh, Stephen Miller, in particular, who comes on this show regularly, I think would be phenomenal and will be really uh, helpful in putting together that staff. I would start to roll out the cabinet. To your point, Buck, when you say, hey, Nikki Haley, Secretary of State, Grinnell, maybe CIA, whatever you want to say, I would go ahead and put out your whole team. I would put together the best possible cabinet you could have. Get your attorney general lined up. Let everybody, in the same way, what was the best thing Trump did in his last uh, last campaign? Most effective, I would say. You ask these broad questions. There are so many things he did in the campaign. I, I, th- I think putting out his list of potential Supreme Court nominees in terms of what his administration would look like when he put out this you is mean the 2016, list of, not 2020. Yeah, yeah, 2016. Yeah. When yeah. he put out, so I say 2020, I meant 2016. You just said when the last election. Out, That's why I was like, whoa, okay, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, my bad. So when he put out in 2016 his list, these are the 20 people I would consider. I think it was 20 uh, for the Supreme Court. Everybody looked at him and said, damn, this is a really good list. And it took away a lot of the fear. I think if you put together an elite cabinet and went ahead behind the scenes and got everybody lined up and started to roll them out as a part of your general election, and you said, on day one, I'm going to take the oath of office and we are going to be hitting the ground running. I think that would be really compelling because it would go to alleviate some of the concerns about who might surround Trump. I would advise them to start putting together their cabinet right now. And maybe Nikki Haley is a VP. Maybe Nikki Haley is Secretary of State. I think everybody gets in line pretty quickly. And I think Trump could have an incredible cabinet, but he needs to start working on it right now. That there would be my some, suggestion. There are some concerns uh, that have come from the day. Look, a win for Trump, a big win. Not as big as we thought it would be. I think we both said it's going to be in double digits. Oh, wait, it was just barely, right? Sorry. So it was. Yeah, we said 11 20, points. We thought, okay. we thought around 20 I, I thought it would be more than we both, Yeah, we both thought it would be more than that. But it was still a big win. It was, into double, it was in double digits. So, you know, it's um, a moment here where you can look at the data and start to look forward in terms of what this tells us and we will break down some of those numbers here coming up is there a problem with some republican voters who are really going to stick to they won't vote for trump in the general this is what is coming out of some of the exit polling your tax refund belongs to you not an identity thief over six billion dollars in tax refunds were flagged by the irs for possible identity theft in 2023 If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. 
Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. The numbers are out. This is Pew Research Biden job approval. This came out yesterday after we finished the show. Approval rating 33% disapproval rating 65 percent listen to these uh, approval ratings by racial group by education everything else again this is pew research white people job approval for joe biden 30 percent approval 68 percent disapproval hispanic approval rating 32 percent disapproval 65 asian 39 percent approval disapproval, and uh, even the black community, 48% approval, 49% disapproval. College, these numbers are staggering, but college grad, 36% approval, 62% 
not disapproval. Ages 18 to 29, 27% approval, 71% disapproval. Um, Again, the only group that approves of Joe Biden is those with postgraduate degrees. Now, you can say, okay, they probably don't have strong approval ratings for Donald Trump either, but we've reached the level for Joe Biden where he truly is without any parallel ever in the polling industry, going all the way back. I think they started all these Pew Research polls and Gallup polls back when Harry Truman was president shortly after World War II ended. No one has ever had approval ratings that are this low. So I do think the the Biden, you know, sort of hit the uh, break the glass emergency moment. We're almost to February, nine months from the election. Yes, a lot can change, but February, you know, nine months out again, the numbers aren't really getting adjusted for Biden and they're spending a lot of money now trying to prop him up, Buck. And at some point, I do think the alarm bells really start to go off in earnest. I mean, I think there are. There's a lot of concern among Democrats. I also think that all you have to do is look back to where things were in the beginning of 2023 in the Republican primary and where they ended up to know that a lot can change and the economy is going to get juiced with everything they've got. They're going to bring down rates. They're going to do all kinds of stuff, I think, to try to make it seem like it's better than it is. And uh, ultimately, I think both sides show up on Election Day with, 48% of the electorate that they need already on their side. You know what I'm saying? Like it's Yeah, I get it. You know, as as bad as it is, there's going to be a huge amount of people on both sides who are saying, "Well, maybe I don't love this guy or maybe I don't love the other guy, but I'm going to go with my party." And that's it. And that's what's going to so that's how I see it coming down, which means got to stay eye on the prize, Mr. Clay. You're listening to 24, the most important year in politics with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I wanted to play this cut for everybody uh, to recognize what is being said. I think it's important to keep in mind what's being said on MSNBC and on CNN. Here is Joy Ann Reed, resident, everyone is racist except for me, specialist at MSNBC, comparing, continuing Trump and Hitler and all of their similarities. Here is cut 19. Like Trump, Hitler was also viewed as a clown, a goon, who would be who could be kept in line. Before he rose to power, Hitler staged a coup known as the Beer Hall Putsch. It was a coup that failed. Sound familiar? Hitler went to prison for it. But the failed coup set the stage for Nazi Germany. And when he was freed from prison just over a year after the failed putsch, the Times offered this unfortunate and incorrect assessment that Hitler had been tamed by prison. The next year, Mein Kampf was published. So much of this sounds familiar, and believe me, I wish it didn't. The same thing happened with a lot of other autocrats. The establishment thinks they can be controlled, and poof, they're stuck with them. Well, I just, they're really going to run back the Trump is Hitler as if it is the hit that they can't keep playing, and... I, I just I I, I, I think they I, may I don't have honestly, think this resonates right. I, well, I think they may have exhausted the public's willingness, other than people who are truly deranged, uh, exhausting the public's willingness to continue to hear this. At least a, a segment of the population that they're trying to win over for votes. 
Um, it's it's absurd. Trump was the best example we have of this, or the best refutation of this is just. And there's a million things you could say. Uh, I mean, not only was Trump is Trump not Hitler, but he was he actually did a good job. Yeah, far better job than Joe Biden. You are far freer and wealthier and better off under Trump than you were under and you have been under Joe Biden. The notion that he is really the the worst, although, you know, there's some others, you know, Mao, Stalin, you can make a whole argument for who's the worst dictator, worst tyrant of all time. Um, it's it's silly and it's kind of sad, but it's also um, bothersome because the fact that any person could be on a television show in America and say this and not have a universal just mockery of it is a little troubling. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah, should be the kind of thing you say, and people are like, you need to get another another gig, another job. Like, this is really dumb. It's the boy who cried wolf scenario, and again, I think it's a lot harder to make it uh, resonate. Let's take a couple of calls here. First, I want to apologize to everybody. VIP email from Steve, and I did jot this down right after I said it. Clay, 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 the best voice in cinema, Darth Vader, you didn't even mention him, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones definitely in that list. I think Morgan Freeman. He, he, he may have. The best. He may have got. He may have got you on this one. Yeah, he, he might have got, got me there. I think Morgan Freeman best voice, uh, but James Earl Jones tough to beat as voices in cinema. And Sam Elliott, I think, is also. I mean, that that trio is pretty incredible. It's hard. Like you would hear that that, that trio could read any label in your kitchen, and it would sound incredible. Um, Ken, in Southeast Michigan, he wants to react to you uh, and talking about uh, the Roadhouse movie being remade. Your favorite uh, Swayze movie, who you got? Well, my favorite uh, Patrick Swayze movie, and it came out in 1984, and it's a hands-down movie because it definitely applies to modern times, is Red Dawn. Wolverine. Solid. Yeah, we've seen it. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. Ken, thank you for the call. We apologize to all the Swayze aficionados for not mentioning Red Dawn. I, I still we, think Point Break is actually my number one. Overall, that was my holds up the best. Red Dawn is a cooler concept than Point Break, but Point Break is a timeless classic of early 90s cinema. Cool detail, scary detail. You know, they remade Red Dawn like they remade Roadhouse. Yeah, and they changed they, from China to North Korea because they were scared they of offending the, the Chinese. They changed the bad guy. Russia was the bad guy in the initial Red Dawn. They said, okay, we're remaking it. China has to be the bad guy. Before it was released, China was upset they were the bad guy. They went in, Buck, digitally remastered all of the flags, all of the references to China, and made North Korea the villain. So I'll tell you, I I, I have not seen the remake as because of... I, I just I didn't want to be a part of that... It's, I feel sullied by the whole situation yes. that they would do that, right? It was uh, I, f- I found that particularly uh, bothersome. Road, Roadhouse, though, for those of you, for a lot of the guys who are listening are like, I love that movie. And it's not a movie you could defend to other people as being good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yes. if someone doesn't like it, they'll probably win the argument about why it's actually absurd on every level. But guys love that movie, man. That movie's awesome. Somehow, it's a little bit like The Rock, another movie, 90s, absurd. A prepo- you actually sit there and think about this movie preposterous premise some guy in the marines is upset that they didn't get death benefits so he's gonna like you know gas all of san francisco like the whole thing was crazy um but it's a great movie man the rock it is, is a really good movie uh kelsey in nashville what you got for us 
Hey, after hearing the leaked audio from Carrie Lake, I think it's becoming clear why Nikki Haley is staying in the race. And I think she's probably being paid by Democrats and anti-Trumpers to stay in. I So uh, thank you for the call. I think that certainly Nikki Haley is being funded by some Democrats, right? Reed Hoffman, um, who I think also was funding. Uh, didn't we look it up? The uh, the E. Jean Carroll lawsuit. Yes. Um, but Nikki, I will say the people are all fired up because I said Nikki Haley should be considered as VP. I'm I'm going to double and triple down on it. I still think she should. She was in Trump's Wait, cabinet. Can, can I clarify something, though? Because you, you went, yeah. Clay went very viral on this one, and I got all these people reaching. I love this. They're like, can you talk to Clay about this? I'm like, I mean, not, <laughs> not really. Like, I'm not, I'm not like Clay's, uh, I'm not the school marm here. I'm not going to, like, chase and uh, tell Clay that, you know, he's, his lunch money is gone tomorrow. Uh, Clay's got plenty of lunch money. So, uh, is this your favorite VP choice, though? This is the one thing, that, or, no. or you just should be considered as a she, VP. She choice. should be considered, in my opinion. Like I've said for a while, I would pick Tucker because I think Trump needs a brawler. But if he's going to try to pick a woman, where like Elise Stefanik and Christy Noam are at the top of the list right now, if you look at the gambling odds, I don't think it's. I mean, Elise Stefanik, Buck. If you look at her historically was Paul Ryan's best friend in the Congress. I, I think she is, she's, she's liberal on climate change. She's not very conservative, folks. I know people love her because of what she did recently, but I, I pay attention over the long haul, and she's a liberal Republican, just so we all understand. I, mean, I don't understand person, but why it's crazy to consider Elise Stefanik, uh, not crazy to consider Elise Stefanik, and crazy to consider Nikki Haley. If you, are, if you believe that a woman can help you and again we're gonna have um uh our our friend on who's like uh the i don't think it i you know i'll be honest with you i don't think it matters our ours i don't know i don't know if it really makes it i don't think that anyone who's concerned about trump and this is where you and i think see it a little differently i don't think anyone who's concerned about trump who's a suburban mom we've talked about by the way it's actually suburban the demo that he gets crushed on yeah college educated suburban women Yes. Uh, he does better with married women than he does with single women by a lot. Single um, women don't vote Republican by and large. Like that right. is the but, wheelhouse. But I'm of saying the that's, that's a big. Yeah. There's a huge gap there. But I just don't know if if it, if it goes. Oh well, he has a woman as his VP now. I don't know if that addresses their concerns, whether they have them, you know, long term or not over Trump. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I just yeah. Don't know I if think there. I think there are going to be people. This is my theory. People out there may say you're crazy, Clay. This is not going to happen. I think. There will be people out there who do not like Trump and Biden and are going to make a decision at the last minute. And they are looking for a hook that they can say to their girlfriends when they're out. And they will say, you know, I really don't like Trump or Biden. This is this is my impersonation of a college educated suburban woman. And which is, by the way, like would make me a hero. you now with like a Lululemon yeah. bag around your shoulder. That's you know, right. one of those little shoulder I things. Only, I only wear uh, workout pants to pick up my kids in line at, at uh, daycare or school. Um, I, I, if I dress like that, I would be a Democrat hero, by the way, um, and pretended to be a woman. They're going to, I think there are going to be millions of people out there who have conversations in late October that are going to go vote. And they're going to say, in the event that it's Trump v. Biden, I don't like either one of them. Speaking as these women who are going to make decisions and may well decide who the president of the United States is. In Philadelphia, suburbs, in suburbs of Atlanta, suburbs of Milwaukee, suburbs of uh, Phoenix. 
And they're going to say, well, I really don't like Trump or Biden. And they're not going to like Kamala because by and large, nobody likes Kamala. And if Trump had the right VP, harsh, harsh, but fair. And if Trump had the right VP, a woman that they in some way felt connected to because she was a college educated woman like they were, they might say, but I kind of like Nikki Haley, and so I'm going to vote. Or I kind of like Elise Stefanik, and so I'm going to vote. Or I kind of like Christy Noem, and so I'm going to vote for Trump. I don't think it hurts. I think it can only help. And that is my theory. Because the data, and we'll have uh, our friend Ryan Gurdusky, who actually dives right into the data and will tell you like what street will decide who wins the 2024 election. He's going to be like, look, if you really break it down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it's going to be in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, uh, on uh, Clover Lane, uh, 419 Clover Lane, whatever that house decides is who the president's going to be. And Jenny lives there and she's got three kids. I mean, this is the detail that he goes into. He's going to tell you that it wasn't, and this is a misconception, it wasn't black voters in Detroit or Philadelphia or uh, or Atlanta, Biden and Kamala actually didn't do that well with black voters. The turnout was not very good. It was suburban college-educated women in 2020 that cost Trump the election. How do you get those people who might have voted for Trump in 16 flipped in 20 to come back to you in 24? That's the essence of the race to me. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable, Visit gcu.edu. 
Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonalta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tonalta Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. You're listening to 24, the year of impact with Clay and Buck. There has been a, uh, a, a bit of an earthquake through the Biden regime where they recognize Uh, This is a bad look for them. They have gotten the Supreme Court to remove a stay. This is actually important, right? To remove a stay on the federal government that was preventing the federal government from clearing razor wire that the state of Texas had put down to prevent border crossings in some areas. Well, now the state of Texas is saying, we're going to continue putting down this razor wire We're going to double up on this. Whatever the federal government wants to do, they can do. But we have not been ordered by the Supreme Court to cease. There's been no federal uh, injunction against us. So we're going to do what we're going to do and have the Biden administration go out of their way to make it easier for illegals to get into the country. Uh, You've also had, Clay, 25 states, I believe, as it might have gone up even a little bit, but a a couple dozen states openly standing in solidarity with Texas on this one. Christy Nome up in South Dakota, Clay, let's just hear from her for a second, possible VP for Trump, says she'll bring razor wire down from South Dakota herself if that helps. This is cut 14. Play it. Has done the exact right thing, and I'll drive him more razor wire from South Dakota if I have to for him to do his job. Over two years ago, I declared it a war zone at the southern border, just how it was impacting South Dakota. And I'm a long ways away from South Dakota. My guard has been down there on multiple deployments supporting the Texas National Guard. Our border patrol agents do not support what President Biden is doing. Our ICE people on the ground do not support what President Biden is doing. Democrats in this country do not support what President Biden is doing at the southern border. We will be Europe within a year or two if we allow president biden to continue this invasion of our country i think we're worse than europe clay already but that's beside the point what do you think well we are worse than europe because it's way easier to get into the united states if you are uh an illegal immigrant than it is to get into europe i mean we got people in africa obviously much geographically closer to europe that are traveling all the way to latin america to walk across our southern border And that's really the story of the Biden administration so far is that I believe it's hundreds now of countries have had illegal immigrants cross our southern border. And Trump weighed in, and I thought he was uh, completely on top of, uh, of this issue. He suggested something that we said on the show yesterday, which is 
I, I think that every state, and Christy Noam uh, mentioned this, and several states have already done this, should be talking about their own state National Guard being deployed to Texas to support the Texas National Guard in their ability to uh, undertake the defense of our southern border. And I still come back to Joe Biden, who we know is not really making decisions, and even when he was adroit and skilled as a politician, I think this would have been a tough situation to handle. I, I really, I was thinking about that this morning, Buck, as I was reading uh, more prep on this. I don't know how Biden responds here. I really don't. Now, I, I think the best answer for him is to do, here's what I think he'll do. Uh, and by what I think he'll do, what I think the administration will do. I think they will do nothing because I don't think they want to create a uh, video or viral uh, viral incident of a confrontation on the southern border that involves them removing razor wire and allowing illegal immigrants to come in. I think they'll wait on the Fifth Circuit to rule, and I think in the meantime, they will blame Republicans for not solving the issue at the southern border. The problem is, I don't think that plays very well because I think the American public has seen what's been happening over the last several years, understands that the president is responsible for what goes on at the southern border. But I think with this bill that is currently pending, they will claim, and remember it's connected to Israel funding and Ukraine funding, and it's designed to give, what is it, like $70 billion more to Ukraine, whatever the heck crazy amount of money it is. I think that they will try to argue that Republicans have led to the open southern border. I don't think that's going to work. But otherwise, I think they're kind of checkmated in terms of being able to respond directly as to what Texas is doing. I think that the Biden administration has really no good options here. Um, I also think that some of the more hyperbolic commentary online about this is, I understand people are, there's the fun stuff like uh, the Babylon Bee saying that Ted Cruz is growing out mutton chops in preparation for the uh, second civil war. They're obviously kidding. Um, but it was funny to see Ted Cruz with that uh, Wolverine style facial hair. Um, but the reality is this isn't some huge constitutional crisis. It's just a stay from the Supreme court. Texas can continue to put down razor wire on Texas land where it sees fit. There's been no order that says that Texas cannot do that. Uh, it just means that the federal government can spend time and resources removing it if they so choose. That That's the sum total of it right now. The problem you have, Clay, is for an over, uh, overwhelmed Border Patrol, which they are, and they're caught in the middle of this, and I know, and I know we have Border Patrol people who listen to this. Uh, I fully understand that they're trying to just do their jobs, and they're put in an impossible situation right now because ultimately they're executive branch employees, right? They're... Yes. They take orders from DHS. That is the chain of command. DHS takes orders from the Biden White House. But I know they they actually just want to do their jobs, that the Biden White House would spend time and resources to make it, let's just understand this, to make it easier. It wasn't just razor wire either. Remember, they also wanted them to remove buoys that were making it hard for people to swim across the Rio Grande, right? They This is effectively... The Biden regime, if Texas started just building wall segments on its own, Biden is paying Border Patrol guys to go with sledgehammers to knock it down. That's really what's happening here. I mean, I think that's the sum total of of the dynamics that are at play. And going into an election year, they, they're realizing, I mean, Clay, these numbers are out, are out of control. And this is all because Biden came into office and said, 
No deportations at all for 100 days. Got rid of the Remain in Mexico program. I mean, you go down the list, everything he did was to bring us to this point, and now they turn around and say, why won't Republicans fix it? Yeah, and this is, and I think it's important to uh, to, to hammer this home, this is the single lowest rated issue for Joe Biden of anything. Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you a little bit more of this detail, but Pew came out with their latest uh, approval rating. Joe Biden's approval rating is 33%, Buck. The only group that Joe Biden has a positive r- approval rating with in the entire country, and when we come back in the next break, I'll, I'll dig this up and I'll give you full data, is postgraduates, uh, which is obviously a tiny pinprick of the population, people who are going for graduate degrees after having already gotten undergraduate degrees. And he has a positive uh, with them, 50 to 49. So... Even that group, which historically is very, very favorable towards Democrats, has a minuscule actual support uh, for Joe Biden. And I give credit because I do think Trump has been right on this issue. And I think if Trump had not surged as he has in one Iowa and one New Hampshire... I think there's a lot of Republicans, Buck, who would have gone ahead and signed on to giving nearly whatever it is, 75 or $80 billion to Ukraine uh, and to this border bill, which is not enough. It's not good enough. And we'll talk with Stephen Miller, who is a border guru at the top of the third hour of this program. But I saw him tweet yesterday, Biden doesn't need anything from the courts or from Congress to fix what's going on at the southern border. With the stroke of a pen, he could re-implement every decision that Trump made, and in one fell swoop, the border would shut down and everything would go back to what it was before he came into office. All The, the, the proxy is there, in other words. All he has to do is reinstitute the Trump policies. Now, he won't do it for political reasons, but the idea that Biden is somehow hamstrung or needs Congress to act or needs the courts to act in order for him to secure the southern border is just not true. He has the presidential prerogative and the presidential authority to completely shut down the border and make our southern border safe and secure instantaneously just based on his presidential powers. All they really have to do, I mean, there's a lot to be, there's a lot of things they have to do, but the first major step would be if just by, um, I, I think by executive order, or even you could just say by clarification in the DHS, they should they should say that uh, the credible, you know, basically use their discretion in the field uh, to say that none of these people are passing the credible fear test, and then they're subject to immediate deportation. That's it, because they're not passing the credible fear test, because all they're saying is, I have a credible fear, let me into your country. The whole thing's a scam. I mean, it, it's absolutely absurd. You know, if if I went into a police station and said, I need you to go arrest 10 people because they're actually space lizard aliens. If the cops arrest those people, they should be held to account for being idiots. Right. I mean, yeah. at some level, there has to be some ration, rational and some reasonable, reasonable approach to the execution of laws. Um, and, and that's what you don't have at the border at all. But it's all intentional. I mean, that's really what this comes down to. And now Democrats do what they always do. Try to evade accountability by acting like somehow this is a big shock. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty 
as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.